Show. I'm your host, Dr. Karen Kant, author of the number one international bestseller, Sensitivity is Your Superpower, How to Harness Your Gifts, Fulfill Your Purpose, and Create a Life of Joy. And uh, if you are new to the tribe, would love to gift you my Sense of Soul Empowerment Guide. And uh, I have a really fun thing that you can do to, to get that. If you want to, you can do the Sense of Soul Type Quiz. It's kind of fun. You know, it's educational as well as it, it's not like a diagnosis, but it's super fun. So you can check it out at SensitiveSoulTypeQuiz.com. I think we have the forwarding work, uh, working now. So SensitiveSoulTypeQuiz.com. And uh, check it out, and there, there's uh, after you do the little quiz, figure out whether you're more like a starseed, light being starseed, an earth angel, or an indigo type soul, um, then you can actually click the little button there, and it'll get you to the free guide, the Sense of Soul Empowerment Guide, three ways of navigating your way to more peace, positivity, and personal power. We can all use more peace, more positivity, and personal power, right? All right, so uh, so for many folks, that is really, really fun for you to do. We'd love to connect with you, and we are actually at this moment in time uh, building a new uh, censorship-free uh, community in, in an app called Circle, so we are busy working at that so we can connect in a deeper way. Uh, and that's going to be super fun. Now, today we have a very special guest, my friend uh, Ken Rolla, and he is, uh, well, what can I say? He's a genius. <laughs> so in November 2021, I visited Ken and his beautiful wife, um, you know, stayed at his house, saw firsthand how he's growing his own food, uh, infusing and charging his water, structuring his water, and living a really uh, extremely healthy lifestyle, including, get this, a Wi-Fi-free existence. And here we are, you know, in Florida um, and experiencing this, and this is really, really great. And uh, my husband James uh, actually loved, you know, every minute of it. So did I. And so we got spoiled there. It was so awesome. And you could just tell by the energy of the home, the environment, the plants, that this is really how humans were meant to live. Like, yes, they have, you know, computers and high tech stuff, but at the same time, you know, they, they, it's hardwired. It's not, you know, Wi-Fi. I mean, there's so much harm that can occur from all the. EMF, and now we have uh, 5G that supposedly has been turned on over the last few days, and I've been seeing some people reporting symptoms very, very uh, suspicious, let's just say, of 5G or higher EMF toxicity with uh, severe shortness of breath, um, seemingly for no reason, and um, uh, extreme, extreme fatigue. Uh, And when I was there, you know, Ken's outdoor garden was amazing. I, I kind of regret like not taking a whole video of him talking about it because it was it was so, so cool. And he talked about Ormus. And I thought, I need to know more about Ormus. <laughs> so if, if you were like, what's Ormus? Yeah, yeah that's where I was. Um, I didn't know too much about it. Ken explained it. And I thought, well, you know, instead of me trying to explain what he said to me, I, I want him on the show today explain how important Ormus is and how you know, one could make Ormus even, um, and how it can be healthy for both plants, animals, and humans. We also talked about uh, monoatomics, uh, monoatomic gold and metals. And then I went to the LifeWave conference a few days after visiting Ken and David Schmidt's talking about monoatomic elements. And I was like, whoa, this is like synchronicity. Like, this must be really, really important. So I thought, you know, this is a great opportunity to get Ken here. If you want to call in, ask questions about, you know, Ormus, monoatomic, this is your chance, okay, to talk to the expert about it. So the number to call in is 818-514-1190. Hit 1 so we know your hand is up so we can unmute you later. 818-514-1190 and hit 1. I'll also open up the chat as well in a moment. And uh, let me tell you a little bit about uh, Ken. So um, Ken is a natural health educator, researcher, and inventor 
and he's from New Smyrna Beach in Florida. And he offers cutting-edge products and services for regaining and optimizing health naturally using ancient wisdom and cutting-edge science. He may be contacted at www.freshandalive.com. And also, if you're on the radio show page or on my newsletter list, you may also see a couple of affiliate links there to some of the products that I have in my home, Lucky Me, uh, from Ken. So without further ado, welcome, Ken. Oh, it's my pleasure, Karen, as always. I love hanging out with you. <laughs> yeah, same here. It's like, uh, well, we just got to figure out that whole teleportation thing, right? Yeah, so. <laughs> working on it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. So we can just teleport and forget all this driving stuff and planes and you know all this silliness uh, to to get to see each other. Um, so so Ken, we're we're still reveling over you know just our whole visit with you there and uh, like I said, wanting to teleport to <laughs> to visit you <laughs> as often as possible. Yeah, anytime. Um, Come on back. <laughs> thank you, thank you. Well, I mean, there's so much to talk about today. I know we we have another show planned, um, but today you know we're kind of focusing on Ormus. Uh, but there's a lot of people like myself who are just were completely clueless, like what the heck is Ormus, you know? Um, and I have to say that, you know, we one of the discs that I got from you, the 10-inch disc, um, I also bought some uh, Amazonite <laughs> powder. I'm experimenting with my little, you know, uh, two-by-two uh, garden, and we put some of that in the water. We put this disc near that, and uh, we do notice an increased rate of growth of the plants. So the, the the lettuces are growing bigger. Uh, the fruiting plants, like the little baby tomatoes, probably tripled its yield compared to before we did that. Uh, we just have the little disc right right near the garden, um, and uh, yeah, the you know the cucumbers. I mean, it's it's not like your garden, you know, the outdoor one, but it's yeah. still pretty darn cool. So that's really exciting. Um, so Ken, why don't we start with you know um, a little bit of how you got to be in this space where here you are living in this house and it's it's very healthy and um, you're not exactly, I mean, you're not a trained healer or gardener per se, so how, how did all that happen? <laughs> yeah, it's been a long and winding road for sure. <laughs> and uh, a lot of times I have a hard time believing it myself. But, um, yeah, I know I was like in my 20s and 30s I was – a computer geek. I was a computer programmer, an IT guy, working in the corporate world, and I knew nothing about any of this stuff. I knew nothing about health. Uh, you know, I mean, honestly, my my breakfast every morning, as a, a typical computer geek, was two Kit Kats and a can of Coke. You know, that was my breakfast. So, <laughs> so, so yeah, I knew nothing about natural health. I knew nothing about much of anything really, except for technical IT work. And, um, but I was. After about 23 years in the medical field, working in various positions, I was getting tired of it, and I was looking to do something else. And so I, I had a friend. I was in a men's group, and I had a friend who was a potter in the men's group. And I went and visited his studio, and I was just enthralled with his whole life, the way he lived, you know, making pottery for a living. And he just had a really great life. And I thought, man, I'd love to, like, just chuck all this tech work and just make pottery for a living. And um, so so I started apprenticing with him and, and working towards that. And, and eventually I did extricate myself from my corporate job and my IT work and uh, became a potter. And I did that for five years full time. Uh, and while I was doing that, I had 
when I was working with him and I was apprenticing with him, this guy was a smoker. He had pepper gray hair. He had deep wrinkles in his face, and his health was really bad. And he met this mutual friend of ours, and um, she had worked with Dr. Gabriel Cousins out at the Tree of Life Rejuvenation Center in Arizona. And he was all about living foods, detoxification, healing with living foods, and, you know, comprehensive healing, emotional healing, and all that kind of stuff, spiritual work. And so here this lady was teaching him all this stuff, and he's sharing with me about it. And he's this guy is drinking wheatgrass juice and doing enemas with it. And um, he lived next door to a wheat field. And it had been recently planted when I was first hanging out with him. And he was going nuts with juice and wheatgrass. I mean, he was literally juicing like a gallon a day. I mean, most people might drink two or four ounces a day of wheatgrass juice. This guy was drinking like eight ounces a day. He was bathing in it. He was washing his hair with it. He was soaking in it. He was just going nuts with wheatgrass juice. (laughs) And I saw this amazing transformation in a couple of months where his skin cleared up. He had this dark, leathery skin, and it became light and clear and the wrinkles went away his pepper gray hair turned jet black and he pooped out a few pounds of worms all kinds of crazy stuff and you know this is like total revelation to me and so i'm like what the heck and so he he shared with me about it and so i thought oh this is fascinating i gotta learn about this and so i went to the lady that taught him about it and i said i will pay you whatever to teach me about this stuff. And very graciously, she charged me $65, and she spent the entire day with me. And she taught me about the living foods lifestyle and detoxification and emotional clearing and stuff. And she took me to the health food store and showed me what really, you know, what's really healthy in the health food stores and what isn't, because probably most of it isn't. I mean, a lot of it for sure isn't. And so, you know, this was the beginning of this whole new life going down this path of natural health. And so... Um, you know, I was married to, and still am married to, a Chinese woman, and uh, you well know Chinese people don't eat much raw food, uh, particularly over in Asia. You know, it's kind of unsafe to do that, uh, particularly back in the day when my wife was growing up. So they cook everything. Um, so trying to get my Chinese wife to eat raw and living food was a gargantuan task, and she just didn't want to do it. So I, you know, I didn't force her to do it. I just did it on my own, and. You know, historically, she was always much healthier than me because she grew up eating from, you know, an open-air market every day, fresh food every day. I, you know, grew up eating TV dinners and lots of dairy and all kinds of, you know, instant processed food. And my health was, was, you know, bad because of it. So when my health surpassed hers, she took note and she's like, wow, you know, she wanted what I had because I was feeling great. I had lots of energy. I was in a good mood all the time, you know, and, and she wanted to know about that. And so so kind of got into the Living Foods lifestyle, and that was the beginning of learning about Ormus because once I kind of opened my mind up to that and started living it, um, I was also very interested. I've always been interested in learning and and having a background in electrical engineering. You know, I was taught certain things in school, and, so when I started getting exposed to things like free energy technology and stuff like that back in the 90s, um, things that, you know, went against my education, I started seeking, you know, knowledge and, and learning about this esoteric stuff. And so along the way, I came across monoatomic elements, also known as Ormus, and uh, there was a, a man named David Hudson um, who 
he was a very wealthy uh, farmer in Arizona, and he was attempting to extract gold out of what are called gold mine tailings, which is gold ore that's uh, after you've extracted all the gold out of it. There's actually still a little, little tiny bit left in there that you can't get out with conventional methods, and David Hudson knew this, and so he wanted to um, he wanted to get that that point oh 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 one percent of gold out. You know, when you buy like gold coins, the purest gold you can ever get is like ninety nine point nine 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 percent gold. It's never one hundred percent pure gold, and it's because there's always a little bit of impurity. And conventional physics and chemistry doesn't understand what that impurity is. But it turns out that that impurity is a monoatomic form of gold. And so hiding within metallic gold, there's a teeny weeny little bit of monoatomic gold, and it has very weird properties and very uh, very different physics and chemistry. So David Hudson is trying to get this gold out of these gold mine tailings, and he develops this method and he extracts this stuff out of it, and he gets this white powder. And when they exposed the white powder to sunlight, it exploded. But it, it wasn't like a normal explosion. It didn't have a lot of uh, force, but it had a lot. It put out a lot of light. It was putting out a huge amount of light. And so he wound up spending $8 million with some of the finest labs in the world to figure out what this stuff was and have it analyzed because nobody could figure out what it was. And the reason is because it was a new form of matter that no one had ever identified in modern science. You know, ancient people have identified it. People throughout history have identified it, knew about it, wrote about it, used it in various ways. But in modern science, it was not recognized. And so um, every time you would go to these labs and spend all this money with this, you know, top uh, equipment and, and analysis techniques. Um, it would analyze something else, and it's because these monoatomics, they're not regular matter. They're this multidimensional matter that exists simultaneously in different dimensions or frequencies of time and space. And so when you try to analyze it with conventional methods, um, like spectroscopy, for example, the way that you analyze, like the acid test to figure out what something is made of, is you burn it and you observe the light spectra coming off of it, and that's called spectroscopy. And that you can determine what something's made of. And that's like, you know, that is the tried and true way in science of figuring out what something is made of. Well, the problem is when you take these monoatomics and do that, they collapse into other elements. So, for example, monoatomic gold will actually collapse into silica. And so instead of getting, you know, these monoatomics, you get these um, these other forms of elements and so nobody, because of that, nobody has ever identified them or recognized before. But um, uh, David Hudson knew that what he had was not conventional, and he wound up investigating it historically in other ways. And he discovered that, in fact, it has been written about in ancient texts, and different people around the planet knew about it, but didn't talk about it much because it can be it can be dangerous actually to. Um, have knowledge of this stuff if you do the wrong things with it. For example, I know a guy who, um, there was a, a, a materials engineer that I interviewed years ago, maybe 15 years ago, named John V. Maluski. And Maluski was an absolute genius. And um, he had figured out how to take regular old bottle glass, like pickle jars, Coke bottles, and whatever, grind them up into a powder, and 
microwave them in jars. Yeah, pickle jars, like, jars. like glass, like plain old glass. Okay. <laughs> Just glass jars. <laughs> Just glass jars. I mean, regular old glass you find anywhere. He would take it and grind it up into a powder, put it in a magnetic crucible, and microwave it. And what he discovered was the glass would melt which, of course, we know glass doesn't normally melt in a microwave, but when you put it inside of a magnetic field, it will. And so wow. he got this molten glass, and then when it came out of the microwave, well, even before it came out of the microwave, it started precipitating out these precious metals, the platinum group metals and gold and, you know, gold, platinum, palladium, uh, rhodium, iridium, ruthenium, and um, just little tiny amounts of it. But um, the interesting thing was when he, you know, pulled it out and the glass cooled off, <clears throat> these metals would precipitate out and continue growing like crystals over time. And so what he discovered was, and he proved, that these monoatomic elements, particularly platinum group metals and certain other metals like gold and copper and silver and magnesium and a few others, that they're hiding within matter. And we don't normally know that they're there because of the way that we analyze materials. And so... But once he was able to, between Maluski and, and David Hudson and other folks, once they figured out how to extract these elements and also where they occurred in nature, because it turns out they're all over in nature. They're in our bodies. They're in plants. They're in animals. They're in every living organism. Um, but once you figured out how to extract these and utilize them, particularly in natural forms, they have a lot of really, really interesting uh, applications and properties. Um, and some of those weird properties, like I said, because it's this weird multidimensional matter, it's anti-gravitational. Now, when you take these elements, most of them, you know, like the platinum group metals, they all look obviously like metals. And we know what copper and um, silver and, you know, uh, mercury, for example, is also one that can become monoatomic. And everybody's familiar with liquid mercury. Well, when you take any of these metals and you break them down into monoatomic elements. And what, what it means by saying monoatomic means that normally metals and <clears throat> elements in general, the, the atoms that compose them are bound together very tightly in some kind of a three-dimensional grid pattern. So, you know, gold will have a certain atomic grid structure that is called the crystalline lattice that will be different from silver or palladium or whatever. And so, but they all have this this atomic structure that's like a it's a crystalline grid and it's bound the atoms are bound together very 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 strongly and so breaking them apart um, typically is not easy to do and usually to get monoatomics you have to do it in a laboratory and they're you know they're pretty rare uh, or so it was thought but it turns out that there are a lot of natural processes that will create them and they're also created out in nature, for example, in volcanism, uh, like volcanoes when they erupt, the ash that comes out is very high in monoatomics. But when these metals are, and including liquid mercury, when they're converted to monoatomic form, they all become white ceramic powders, and they all become very healing and very regenerative living organisms, including mercury, which is amazing. And I've actually seen videos of gurus in India uh, taking herbs and mixing them with liquid mercury with their bare hands and converting it into the monoatomic mercury. And it becomes, it goes from the silver liquid metal into this white ceramic powder and it doesn't poison them. And in fact, then they use it for healing and all kinds of things. As a matter of fact, I met a yogi, a very interesting yogi named uh, Yogi Raj Gurunath Siddhanath, 
who um, comes to the United States a couple times a year and teaches classes. And he's got this giant orb of monoatomic mercury in his ashram back in India. And I was attending um, a yoga, little yoga retreat up in the mountains of North Carolina years ago, and this lady was telling me about him, and she said, she said, yeah, he's got this big chunk, like four-foot-tall orb of monoatomic mercury in his ashram, and people come up and touch it, and they get healed immediately of all kinds of major stuff. And I said, well, that's impossible because if you had monoatomic anything, it's going to create a superconducting field that's going to create a huge electrical potential that's going to want to ground out. And anybody got, you know, within 50 feet of it would probably get electrocuted with millions of volts of electricity. And she said, yeah, that's right, but he uses his mind to keep it safe. <laughs> I'm like, wow. If that's, yeah, <laughs> if that's true, i got to meet this guy. So I did wound up uh, hosting, I hosted... Uh, a yoga retreat at my house here in Florida, and uh, two of his teachers came and, and taught the course. But he wound up showing up etherically, which is a whole interesting story as well. But um, but this guy can, you know, he can bilocate, he can levitate. And, I mean, I've met people with PhDs in psychology and people that were complete skeptics see this guy levitate or just show up at their house. Now, he's back in India, and he just shows up at their house in the United States, you know. And they can One guy was him? actually... Yeah. One guy was uh, driving in a car. This guy is a Ph.D. in psychology, and he became a, a, a student of this guy. Once this, this, He's driving around the freeway in Seattle, and Yogi Raj shows up in his car. And he said he was, like, physically solid there, and the whole car filled with the smell of, of flowers, like this really strong scent of flowers, right? And so the same thing kind of happened when, when I hosted his teachers at my house, we had about 40 people sitting in my living room doing these yoga poses and stuff, and the teacher was teaching and talking. And they had asked me to create a, a chair for Yogi Raj to sit in. They said, he may show up. So, you know, build this chair. And they told me exactly how to do it. You know, it's like, well, all these pillows and stuff. So I did it. And um, so they're talking, and all of a sudden... This I got I smelled this overwhelming smell of like jasmine flowers, and I you know we've got a jasmine vine outside of our front door. So I thought there's no way that is coming in. The doors and the windows are closed, and it wasn't even blooming. You know, so it's like where's this come from? But it was like overwhelming. All of a sudden, whoo, it's like my nose just lit up with the smell of jasmine, and I looked around to see if everybody else was smelling it. And, like, there were five people scattered around in the audience that were smelling it. They're all like, what the heck? And then the one of the teachers says, oh, Yogi Raj is here. And you could feel this energy. Uh, I've felt it before when I've been at channeling, so people, you know, channeling energy. And, of course, I channel energy a lot of times when I'm doing public speaking. But this, this energy was emanating from this chair, and, and, and the interesting thing was nobody in the room could smell the flowers except for five people scattered around the room. Oh. So anyway, so there, yeah, so these monoatomics, David Hudson gave it the acronym Orbitally Rearranged Monoatomic Elements. And so that acronym spells, you know, O-R-M-E-S, so people call it Ormus or Ormes. Um, but it's just, it's something that ancient people knew about, you know, the ancient Greeks, some of the ancient Greek and Roman philosophers wrote about it. Ancient civilizations around the world marked rocks that were high in monoatomics, um, and they used them in various ways. Um, it turns out that these monoatomics 
act like antenna for this energy that's all around us. It's actually superluminal light. We're surrounded by light. As a matter of fact, we're living in a holographic universe. You know, when you when you look inside of uh, atoms, this has been discovered uh, even in mainstream science now. When you look inside of atoms. Um, you don't have smaller and smaller and smaller particles. That um, That's called the Bohr model of the atom, B-O-H-R. And that's really nonsense. That's not how, how atoms are constructed. Um, there was a man named Elmer Nemus back in the 1950s who developed a an optical microscope that could magnify five million times. And he was actually able to look at the inside of iron atoms. And if you go what? on... Yeah, if you, go, you can see this. <laughs> Folks listening, if you go online and search on... Nemescope, N-E-M-E-S-C-O-P-E, Nemescope, and go to the Google Images, you'll see images of the iron atoms. And and it, it's interesting because it confirms a lot of what we have believed about atomic structure, you know, particularly about the um, atomic bonds and how the energy lines work and that kind of stuff. That was confirmed. But once you get down inside the nucleus of atoms, it's not smaller and smaller particles. Uh, there is no God particle. What you have are geometric patterns of light. And so energy actually creates matter. It's not the other way around. So, so fundamentally, you know, when you look inside of atoms, what you're seeing is these geometric patterns of light that slow down. It's actually superluminal light that slows down into visible light, and then it slows down even more and becomes matter. And so... So this is how our whole reality operates. We're we're living in a holographic reality. It's very solid. It's very real. But at its core, it's holographic. And so when you understand that, you can do amazing things with energy to heal or restructure matter or grow food or, you know, do things in your kitchen, which we can talk about. Um, and so, so I, I kind of got exposed to all this through these serendipitous events. I went to a conference and met David Hudson and wound up speaking to him for about four or five hours and uh, learned a lot from that. And, you know, he had spent, well, he spent $8 million and then he wound up going to China and he met a trillionaire. A trillionaire. He said, I didn't even know that trillionaires existed. This was back in the 90s. Um, But this person was extremely wealthy and extremely powerful and not somebody that anybody would know. And they funded his research uh, because David wanted to make medical standard monoatomic gold so that people could take it and heal anything. And uh, that's not going to happen because the the powers of be aren't going to let that out (laughs) because it it implies a whole lot of other things. that You can create free energy with this stuff, uh, interstellar communications, all kinds of things. Not to mention you can make gold. You know, you you can take sea sand or bottle glass, and you can make gold out of it. And so um, the powers that be want to keep gold relatively scarce, although there's a lot more gold on Earth than people realize. But, uh, but you know, because that gold is has an, a, a value assigned to it, uh, the people that control it do not want any old buddy making gold from pickle jars. <laughs> so... Oh. So, so this is what that you know that led to gold. You know the alchemy right. was described in in the past, right? Like this is actually exactly. real. Yeah. Well, I'm always that. astounded when mainstream scientists say that alchemy is nonsense because I mean, radioactivity is alchemy. I mean, you know, radioactive elements break down into other elements. That's alchemy. Okay. So I'm always astounded by you know 
mainstream scientists that, that say, oh, there's no such thing as alchemy or it's nonsense. It's absolutely not nonsense. You can do things to change the atomic structure of elements and convert them from one form to another or from one element to another. And it happens all the time, as it turns out, inside living organisms. Um, so, uh, yeah, so this is a, you know, it's a very... It's very esoteric knowledge. It's kept very tightly by the powers that be, and they don't want it out. And so when somebody gets to, you know, exposing it in the wrong way, they will, I mean, they'll kill people over it. I mean, I've met a guy who, uh, when I interviewed John Maluski, and he was talking about, you know, making gold from bottle glass, this guy was an engineer, and he had money, and he wound up spending $20,000, and he got materials and um, industrial microwaves to create a quantity of gold, which he did. And he wound up emailing me about it. And uh, and Maluski, and actually I was working with another scientist at the time who was very familiar with monoatomic gold, and that guy's like, oh, you do not want to be going public with any of this stuff. You don't want to be making gold, you know, because the people that control it will kill you. And sure enough, this guy that wound up making this quantity of gold with these microwave ovens disappeared. He just disappeared. Oh my God. So, so this is the one that he showed you, right? Like you connected with him. Yeah, yeah. Wow. Yeah. So, so I, I have this very Forrest Gumpian crazy life where I just kind of fall into things that I'm not expecting. And so, yeah, I've met a bunch of people, hardcore scientists that know about this stuff, work with it. Um, you know, I was, for example, okay, here's this is how ridiculous it is. I was a few years ago. My wife uh, wanted to go down to Miami, which is about a four-hour drive from our house, to see a violin recital from one of her college classmates' children. It's like, okay, so we go down there. It's at a church on a on a college campus, and we, we watch this recital. And wouldn't you know it? I just happen to sit down next to a physicist. So we get to talk. Of <laughs> This is how ridiculous my life is. That's the dead thing this guy. We get to talk, and he said something about uh, something esoteric. It had to do with esoteric physics. Anyway, it had to do with free energy, and I knew all about it. So I'm like, oh, yeah, <clears throat> I know about it. And I started talking. He's like, how do you know about this stuff? I said, well, back in the 90s, I worked with Ewell Brown, who developed water fuel technology and blah, 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 right? And so this guy's like, oh, my God, oh, my God. So when the recital gets done, we go out in the parking lot and start talking about all this stuff. It turns out... <laughs> We were out there for like an hour and a half, and <laughs> this guy was, um, he was a physicist at the University of Miami, and he was also working on anti-gravity time travel technology for the U.S. space programs, secret space programs. And, you know, I knew all about the secret space programs because I've met people in the secret space programs, and um, I've had my own encounters with um, ETs and stuff, so... You know, I'm sitting there having this conversation with this guy, and he keeps looking around going, oh, I'm going to get punished tomorrow for, you know, but I don't care. He said, I never get to talk to anybody about this stuff, especially anybody who would understand it. So we have this whole conversation about, you know, monoatomic elements and skater energy and interdimensionality and time travel and, and interstellar travel and all this stuff. Because I had met, turns out he was the fifth person I had met who had worked on these time travel anti-gravity programs for the U.S. space program and militaries. And so his story jibed exactly with these other people that I'd met at different times and places. And so so these monoatomics are very, very important because they're a major key to 
technologies and things that can help us maintain our health, especially with everything that's going on on planet Earth and all these new and crazy threats to our health, this is one of the major, major keys that we need to use and know about to protect ourselves. And so, um, that's so, so that's kind of it in a nutshell. Wow. Uh, and, and you know, I, I, it's like this whole alchemy thing from the ancients. And, um, you know, there's some part of me was like, well, they wouldn't t- tell these stories if it wasn't true. But at the same time, I was like, well, I don't know anybody that's, you know, doing that. And I think the first time I was uh, exposed to it was through our, our mutual friend David. And uh, he, you know, shared uh, that uh, he had made a medal that was actually not on Earth before. So he had got oh, yeah. whoever the top, whoever it is, that, that knows all the different metals that have ever been created uh, or, or found on Earth, and, and they couldn't find it. They said, this is brand new. This is not something from Earth. Yeah, so, yeah um, exactly. Yeah, yeah. It's, exactly. It's I was at a conference years ago, 1995. I went to the Global Sciences Congress out in Colorado, <clears throat> and I met this guy named Al Bielek. And Al Bielek was a very interesting character who claimed to have been on the in the Philadelphia experiment, which was... The true story is it was a, an experiment that Einstein and Tesla did to cloak a battleship from radar, and it turned out that they cloaked the battleship so well that it disappeared entirely from physical reality and it phased out of 3D. And yeah. Uh, Al, yeah, Al Bielek was on that ship, and so he wound up teleporting through time and space because he wound up jumping overboard. He and his brother and another guy jumped overboard when the ship dematerialized because what they were experiencing was freaking them out. So they jumped overboard, and they wound up bouncing through time, and then he wound up rematerializing through different times and places. And I wound up meeting him in 1995 at this conference where he was talking about it. And then later, in 2008, I wind up bumping into him again at a different conference, a raw food conference. Actually, I didn't bump into him. I bumped into a friend of his who told me that Al was dying from the time travel, phasing in and out of 3D was killing him. And so, was he still doing it, or just that? One oh yeah, he couldn't control episode. it. He was like, he would just oh. like randomly blink out of and just disappear, and then he would show oh. back up. Sometimes okay. in other places, you know, and times. And so he was bouncing around through time and space, and it apparently it was killing him. And so, again, this crazy serendipitous series of events. I'm at this raw food conference, and I'm there just attending. I'm not a speaker. Um, And they had really poor attendance for a lot of different reasons. They weren't expecting it. They were expecting like 5,000 people, and I think they had like 300 people show up. And so a lot of the speakers were – it was a five-day conference, and a bunch of the speakers were – really ticked off that the attendance was so low they were losing money, you know, because they spent a lot of money getting there and they have sales booths and all that and they're losing money because nobody's there. So a bunch of the speakers left early and just didn't do their talks. They were so oh, angry. Yeah. So, oh, what so a there's, nightmare. Yeah, it was, I felt so bad for the organizer. And uh, so somebody found out I was there and went and told the organizer, they got a hold of me and said, hey, can you do some talks? I was like, yeah, sure. <laughs> so I got up on stage and I did a talk about EMF protection. Nothing esoteric okay. whatsoever, just EMF protection. Okay, okay. And did yeah. you have slides or anything? Or did you just no, talk? I just thought I was outdoors on this oh stage, just winging it, totally winging <laughs> <You're> it. You're amazing. <laughs> so wow. I came out on stage. How nice of 
you. <laughs> yeah, well, it was you know no big deal. I've done the talk many times, but it was nothing esoteric at all. And um, I come down on stage, and this guy comes up to me and he goes, "Hi, uh, my name is Tim Jim, and I'm friends with Al Bielik. And Al is dying from his time travel, and I was wondering if you might be able to help him." And first, I'm thinking. First of all, somebody, one of my friends is jerking me around because, first of all, who names their kid Tim Jim? And then, you know, why would they think that I could help Al Bielik? You know, why? why? Right. I mean, I wasn't talking about, I think back in those days, I might talk about this stuff, but I I never would have said anything publicly that would have made anybody think that I could stop a guy from phasing out of 3D. Right? (laughs) So, so, So I'm thinking somebody's pulling my leg. And, uh... But it turns out the guy was legit. He really was friends with Al Bielik. And Al lived in Sedona where this uh, conference was. And so it's a crazy story. So I wound up telling this guy, well, when he said, you know, Al's phasing out, I thought maybe you might know of some way to stabilize him. I'm, I'm thinking what immediately came to mind was, in 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 1995, I encountered these three reptilian ETs, and they I'd been having telepathic communication with them for a couple of years. And I know this sounds totally crazy and delusional, but I didn't believe it myself. I was having like just all this telepathic contact about all this stuff in physics and engineering and stuff, and getting all these revelations about things. Oh, wow, this is amazing. Where it's coming from, and and so the you know these voices in my head started telling me they were ETs, which I didn't believe. I just thought I was playing a game with myself in my head. But, you know, that happened for a couple of years, and I was getting all this amazing information, though, and I was like, wow, where it was coming from? It's interesting. And uh, But I kept saying, well, look, if you're really ETs and I'm not just playing with myself in my head, then you got to, you know, you got to show up physically. Otherwise, I, I don't buy this. And so eventually, after two years of kneeling them, they did show up, and I did encounter three, three reptilian ETs, and that's a whole other story unto itself. But... Um, but one of the things that they had told me, they spent a year and a half talking to me about gold and monoatomic gold and all these different properties and things you could do with it and this and that and the other, right? So they said, one of the things that they said that stuck out in my mind was they said extraterrestrials use monoatomic gold for time travel and dimension travel because it remains the same through different dimensions of time and space. So here I am at this raw food conference, and this guy is asking me, how can you stabilize Al Bielik? And I was like, well, the only, the only thing I can think of is maybe if he can ingest some monoatomic gold. And wouldn't you know it, one of my friends was there who had a company that sold supplements that were high in monoatomic gold. What? So I said, like, go, yeah, <laughs> go talk to that guy. Who, he was a brilliant scientist, too. I mean, he was amazing. And... Um, I said, go talk to this guy. His name is Medicine Wolf. He's dead now, but um, I said, go talk to Medicine Wolf. And, I mean, this guy's got multiple PhDs. He had worked at Los Alamos. He was an Iroquois medicine man. He was an amazing guy. So Tim Jim goes off and and talks to him, and I assume that he got some monotomic gold supplements. But we exchanged phone numbers and cards, and then he said, look, I'm going to need your guidance, so we'll stay in touch. And we, we tried staying in touch by phone, but every time we would call each other, we would just get clicks. You know, we could never get through and talk to each other. And then a few months later, Al died. So somebody was listening in and blocking that call, um, no doubt. Because, I mean, Al Bielik, well, he told me when I met him in 95, he said the reason that the government wouldn't kill him is because he was crucial to 
some timelines that they didn't want to interrupt. And so, so the government, you know, wouldn't whack him or take him out or anything like that. So he's out on a lecture circuit telling all about this stuff, you know. And, uh, <laughs> so, yeah, yeah so this is the kind of stuff that, oh. that you can do with these monoatomics. You, for example, you can take the reason flying saucers are saucer-shaped is because the propulsion systems that you can put inside of them basically uh, create a, a spinning vortex, actually a pair of vortexes, and it opens up a black hole. And the you know we've been taught that black holes are these big things out in space that suck all matter and energy into them and crush it down infinitely to nothing. But you can have black holes of any size and yep. strength. As a matter of fact, our bodies are full of black holes. So like all the acupuncture meridians, those are black holes. Brain neural pathways are loaded up with black holes. So you can have black holes of different strengths and sizes and intensities. And um, so, um, so these flying saucers, there's different methods of doing this, but basically you can open up a black hole until it gets big enough that it surrounds the ship. And then once you're inside of a black hole, there's no mass, there's no inertia, there's no momentum, there's no drag, and you're kind of in your own time-space frame of reference, and therefore you can go infinitely fast because you're not actually propelling yourself through space. You're basically blinking out of one place in time and space and blinking in somewhere else in time and space. And so these ships can be used for time travel and, you know, um, well, really, Spatial travel is also time travel, if you think about it, because even if you're flying on an airplane, you know, let's say you take a 10-hour a flight, you know, across the Atlantic, you're traveling through time and space, right? So if you accelerate that extremely, you know, up to the speed of light or beyond, then you get a, everything changes. You get all this weird physics, but also, you know, you can, you can travel in time and space very, what would appear to us very quickly. And so that's one form of propulsion. And then um, five different people I've met that worked on these technologies have told me they have two methods of propulsion. Um, they can blink out and show up somewhere else in time and space, or they can propel themselves through space very, very fast because they're kind of inside their own gravitational field, and therefore there's no mass or inertia or drag. And so you can have a flying saucer go to the Earth's atmosphere at about 60,000 miles per hour. So it can circumnavigate the globe in about half an hour. Um, and they go so fast, you can't even see them. It, it's like, it's, it's, even though it's, you know, it can be 50 feet across or whatever, it's going so fast you can't see it. So now our militaries and space programs have this technology, and they're using it. They've been using it actually since the 40s because they reverse engineered it from ET craft and all kinds of, there's a whole long story behind that. Um, but we've been, you know, it's been in these clandestine groups being used for decades, and now more and more information is coming out about it where we can utilize it for our own benefit. So that's what I teach, you know, is how to use this stuff. Like you were talking about growing food. If you feed these monoatomic elements to food, you get insane growth. And it's not some chemical abomination. It's actually giving the plant more of what it already has because these monoatomics, they're, they exist in all living organisms. They're in the DNA. 
they're in in plants or in different structures in in the in the cell membranes and places uh, in in mammals and living organisms uh, they're in the brain in the neural pathways the acupuncture meridians actually in the human body and and all you know all mammals all pretty much all um, animals have uh, they have the, the they have a a meridian system and so what these meridian systems are as it turns out is deposits of these monoatomic elements all along the nervous system and in the brain neural pathways and in the DNA and so what that does is it creates superconductivity and superconductivity and superconductors have really weird physics superconductors uh, can conduct electricity with zero resistance but in the case of these monoatomics as I mentioned before, they're interdimensional. So they're existing simultaneously through different dimensions of time and space, and therefore they connect non-physical reality with physical reality, and they are a conduit for consciousness itself. And so um, so within the physical structures of the body, the DNA turns out as a superconducting fractal antenna, which just means... Fractal just means it's branching. So the DNA, you know, we're always shown these G- CGI images that DNA looks like this smooth, spiraling uh, double helix, but it's actually angular. Um, and galaxies are too, by the way. You know, the, 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 the pinwheel galaxies, you know, you see that's, that lo- what looks like a pinwheel of the stars and the planets and the galaxy. They're actually angular too. They're laid out in an angular pattern as well. So the DNA is this angular geometric fractal antenna that's superconducting and it's the interface between consciousness and the physical structures of the body so we've been taught that the dna is the genetic blueprint but it's actually the carrier of the genetic blueprint uh it turns out the actual blueprint which cannot be destroyed is in the consciousness of the organism it's in the biofield and so it can't be destroyed. So therefore, if you get DNA damage, you can actually feed these monoatomics to a person or a, an organism that's got DNA damage, and it will plug into the DNA and raise the superconductivity, and that will allow the, the genetic pattern from the consciousness of the organism or the biofield or the organism to come in and express itself in the DNA, and the DNA will repair and heal itself. And it turns out this is how cells always regenerate. Um, there was a guy named uh, Dr. Thomas Bearden, who is one of the preeminent skater physicists in the United States, and I was reading one of his patents where he was looking for a way to neutralize radioactivity, and he was studying human cells. And he discovered that all human cells are actually time-traveling because what they do is the cells in the DNA have these superconducting monotonic elements in them, and that acts like this interdimensional portal or interdimensional antenna and so the cells will actually send a what's called a scientists call it a skater wave signal uh, but it's what it really is is a light signal it's light energy but it's super luminal so it's going millions of times faster than the conventional speed of light but the cells send this light signal this skater wave signal through the monoatomic elements in their structure back in time to get the genetic blueprint for the healthy cell, and it brings it into the present, and that's how cells regenerate. So, you know, there's different that levels. That's so of, cool. 
<laughs> yeah, isn't it? It's amazing. I mean, when you when you, you know when you you look at conventional medicine and healing and stuff, we look at chemistry and we look at the the more the larger building blocks of biology, the biological, biochemical aspects of exactly. it. Exactly, which right. is a valid, it's not the light aspect. Yeah, it. it's a valid way of looking at things and, and and dealing with things. But if you're dealing with the fundamental building blocks of matter, and you can restructure them, then it makes for much better, more effective healing. Exactly. And so, yeah. So. You you know so if you got a, a health problem, uh, you, you ingest these monoatomics along with you know foods ideally foods that are high in these because they're in a form that is natural that the body can utilize and you do other things that accelerate this process of cellular regeneration and amazing things happen amazing things heal likewise even if you're not uh, if you don't have a health issue if you're a plant. And you want your plants to grow faster, bigger, and stronger with more disease and pest and drought resistance. You feed them monoatomics, and again, it's not some weird chemical abomination. What you're doing is giving the plant more of what it naturally does already, <clears throat> and you can do it naturally. Actually, you're not like making some weird chemical cocktail. You're feeding them. You can actually just do it by taking rock powders. They're you know, volcanic rock powders because volcanic rock is very high in these monoatomics. They're kind of hiding in the structure. But they can be you can liberated. Actually buy that? What's that? You can actually buy that? Volcanic oh, rock yeah, powder. yeah. There's a, there's a great book called The Enlivened Rock Powders by Harvey Lyle, L-I-S-L-E. And it's, it goes into about 20 different rock powders and what, they, what can you, you can do with them for growing and and where you can get them and that kind of stuff. But they're all volcanic, yeah. And that's the magic, is that these rock powders, you know, you can get oh, tons of different rock dust, azomite, as you were talking about, <clears throat> um, rhyolite, um, you know, ground basalt, all kinds of rock powders. And you grind them up very fine, and you just uh, sprinkle them on the plants and use particularly, you know, on the soil and the roots. And then you <clears throat> you spray microbes on the rock powders that will eat them and break them down into the monoatomics, and then the plants will uptake them. You know, because plants can't suck boulders up through their roots; they can only bring in angstrom particles, which are mineral particles or element particles with just a few atoms, maybe a dozen or less atoms in a particle, or monoatomics. So there are things you can do to increase the amount of angstrom particles, the amount of monoatomic particles that the plants can uptake. So one simple one, like I said, is putting rock powders down, then you put down microbe mixtures, probiotics, they eat the rock powders, they deliver it to the plants, and then you get, like we have here, which you've seen, you know, 12 to 15 foot tall tomato plants that fruit for four months straight in the dead of winter. You know, like right now, we just had a crop of tomatoes come in, and they're awesome, and it's what, January? <laughs> and even here oh it's cold, gosh. you know. You know, it's been in the low 40s at night here, so it's not like it's conducive tomato plant, you know, growing season. Right, um, you know, right. Uh, so you and actually they're, they're you sell some of these powders on your website? We do sell azomite in small quantities, um, you know, for people using it for a supplement or fermentation and stuff. But you can buy azomite because it, it's sold for agriculture, so you can buy like a 40-pound bag for like 25 bucks. Uh, it's ridiculously cheap. That's the beautiful thing I'm about really it. I'm not really sure what to do with cheap. it, though. I mean, you said to to spray, like, in my garden, they have these tiny, tiny, tiny little pods, 
you know, of, uh, um, I don't know if you've seen my garden structure, but it's like a tower garden, you know, and they've got oh, yeah. tiny little cubes where it has a little bit of soil, and then so we're just putting it in the water because I wasn't sure what to do with it, but it, I, I, obviously it doesn't have the microbes there, so maybe I'm not right. using it correctly. Well, here's what you do in that case, because, you know, I've got tower gardens as well, and we feed them ormus, but in a different way. So for crops growing in soil, you put the rock patterns down, and then you spray the microbes. But for uh, if you're going to grow hydroponic, then what you do is um, a couple things you can do. Is you take the rock powders, or you can take, like, uh, we use uh, liquid um, sea minerals, like concentrates, liquid sea minerals, and we'll put that into water, maybe two tablespoons per gallon of water. And then uh, I will vortex the water in a magnetic field with uh, this device called a water vitalizer, which we sell on our website at freshandalive.com. Uh, but you can get these. You can make them, too. Um, I actually I showed Joe Mercola how to make a gigantic one for his, his whole yard um, with this thing called a vortex brewer. Um, and basically he bought this big, it's like a funnel-shaped tank that holds like, I don't know, 150 gallons of water. And you make a compost wow. tea and, and you put all these rock powders and liquid sea minerals and all this stuff into it. And then I had arranged magnets in a very specific pattern around the tank so that it would create these bucking magnetic fields and break down the monoatomics and create monoatomics and angstrom particles. And you just let it vortex, you know, for days on end, and then you feed that to plant. But for people, you know, that don't want to go out to all that trouble, you, you get a little vitalizer or you can even make one. If you go online and, and search on, um, you know, magnetic blender, you can see plans on how to attach magnets to a blender and you can do this. But basically you vortex water with minerals in a magnetic field and it will break the minerals down into monoatomic and angstrom particles and then you feed that to your plants and then and, and you put that into your uh, tower gardens. Uh, or you can just buy Ormus. I mean, you know, we sell it on our website, uh, Vancouver Island Ormus. Um, Kevin Hay makes it. He's a really brilliant, brilliant guy uh, up in Canada who makes Ormus from seawater, and, um, you know, he tests it for pollutants and radiation and all that. Um, so you can just buy it. There's lots of people now that make it and sell it. Um, okay. I think you were out when I was <laughs> when I was trying to buy yeah. stuff. Uh, and that's why I got the uh, azomite, uh, um so I guess I'm not using that uh, correctly, but uh. yeah, this is well. This is one of the things that I I do is I teach people how to do this. I've got uh, programs. At my my private membership where I do most of my teaching is freshandaliveclub.com, and so that's where a lot of this stuff is. Uh, but I've also got things on YouTube. Like I've got a, a video on YouTube about how to grow nutrient dense sprouts, and it's all about ormus and using ormus and skater energy. And you can see the proofs in the pudding. I mean, I show sprouts there that aren't even mature and they're gigantic. Um, but, yeah, this is yeah, it. You get – this is how we, you know, we solve the food supply issue on Earth. It's, you know, you don't need – definitely chemical farming doesn't work. But, you know, they claim that organics won't feed everybody, and that's absolutely not true. But for sure it's not true if you use these techniques. If you're feeding your plants rock powders and – you know, monoatomic minerals and angstrom minerals in this way, and doing other things. You know, as you know, I've built these devices that put out these skater energy fields, and the plants can actually feed directly off that energy. Uh, I've done experiments uh, years ago where uh, we had a, a lady who 
she bought one of my rest shield pyramids, which put, puts out a skater field. It's for sleep and EMF protection and stuff like that. But she had it at home in her kitchen, and she put a she put a avocado seed, in, you know, in a glass of water with toothpicks. And then she went off to South America for two weeks, and she came back two weeks later, and the avocado plant was two feet tall. Oh and God. in two weeks. And but the interesting thing to me was that didn't surprise me so much. But what did surprise me was the water level in the glass did not go down at all. I mean, that, I, I don't I still don't understand that because I can understand the plant was feeding directly off the skater waves from the, the rest shield device. I can right. get that, so it could convert it into whatever it needed, water or whatever. But you would still think some of the water would evaporate, you know, in two yeah. weeks, but it, it didn't. It didn't. It was just mind-blowing. So then when she told me that, she sent me pictures like, oh, my gosh. So we did our own experiments and confirmed it. It's like, this is crazy. Wow. And then did all kinds wow. of that... other other experiments as well. What's the difference but... between your Vancouver Island Ormus Ocean Mineral Substrate and your Cola brand plant stimulant? Um, well, I think one is much more concentrated than the other. Um you know, honestly, because I... Says, one says plant food, and the other one doesn't say plant food. Yeah, I think the plant food is more concentrated, so it's more economical to use, you know, in large quantities. I think that's the main the main difference. Okay. Uh, and Vancouver Someone here is asking, how do you do monatomics and keeping it safe? Because I guess she's hearing the story about... Yeah, that's a really, really guy. good question. <laughs> that's a really good question, because, yeah, here's the thing. There are lots of alchemical forms of monatomics, ormus, people are selling out there and they're actually they can be dangerous for several reasons number one a lot of them are made out of uh, sea salt and um, some people will actually make it out of dead sea salt which is full of heavy metals and other toxins as well and so um, I have tested some Ormus supplements that were made that way with what's called the wet method and they're loaded with heavy metals um, uh. so there's it's one thing you got to watch out for um, and then the other thing is that when you ingest these monotomics, you you don't want to overdo it. As a matter of fact, years ago I, I recommended people not ingesting it at all, but now with all of these crazy threats to our health, we do need to take in some directly. But what it does when you ingest these things is it plugs into the DNA and the brain neural pathways and the nervous system and the acupuncture meridians, and that raises the superconductivity in the body, and that accelerates manifestation of thought into reality because we are like all living organisms we are a scalar fractal antenna meaning that we're an antenna that's picking up this energy coming from the cosmos it's all around us i i really liken it to god consciousness because it has intelligence and it's it emanates from the centers of galaxies and it flows through the whole cosmos but it's all around us and we pick it up we're antennas for it and so that is what we convert into the matter within our bodies. Moment by moment, we're recreating our bodies moment by moment with this energy. And so when you raise the superconductivity in the body too high, too fast, that accelerates our ability to manifest our reality. And it's, it accelerates it. If you do too much warmth, it'll accelerate it too fast, and then you want it manifesting things you didn't intend. Because we have a safety buffer normally so that we don't manifest things we're not ready for, spiritually ready for. It's called time. You know, time, the reason we exist in this 
3D space the way we do in this reality with time is it's a safety mechanism that keeps us from any willy-nilly thought manifesting right before our eyes, you know. It's like you've got to become spiritually attuned and developed, and the more that you do that, the better you are at creating your reality and creating the life that you want, right? But that takes a lot of training and spiritual growth and understanding. And when you don't have that level of spiritual development, and then you go drinking a bunch of Ormus and jacking up the superconductivity in your body, you're going to wind up manifesting things. You're going to wind up having thoughts that are detrimental or even dangerous that can wind up manifesting. And so I've met people that overdid the Ormus, and they were train wrecks. And in some cases, they, you know, like I met one guy got hit by a car because he he had these, you know, these self-injurious thoughts. And and he wound up having a car wreck and all kinds of horrible things. I've met that. I've seen it over and over again. I've met people who over-ingested Ormus and were emotional wrecks. Um, They were, you know, like one moment they're crying, the next minute they're angry. And uh, and they can manifest things that can hurt people. I I know a guy who was over-ingesting Ormus, and he said, that he had to be careful about not having an argument with his family members because he discovered when he got into an argument with, with his family members, he would knock them out with his mind. And now that may sound crazy, but I'm going to tell you what, I'm talking to this guy on the phone. He's a brilliant, brilliant scientist. And we're talking about all this science stuff, and he was telling me about this free energy device he developed. And, he, and he's explaining it to me, and I understood what he was saying because I'm, I'm a visual thinker, but he, I could feel his mind like grabbing onto my mind, trying to force it to see what he was describing. And he had no idea he was doing it. And I was like, whoa. Wow. Like, dude, you got to let go of this. He wow. had no idea he was doing it. So that's the danger of ingesting these monoatomics in alchemical forms. It can raise the superconductivity in the, in the brain and the nervous system and the DNA too fast. And then you want it manifesting all kinds of things you didn't intend to. So how do you do it so that you keep it safe? You do it by creating monoatomics the way nature does, which is either through fermentation or photosynthesis or vortexing water with minerals and magnetic fields. And so so what that means, practically speaking, is what we've been talking about, feeding plants, volcanic rock powders, liquid sea minerals, vortexing them in water in magnetic fields like in a vitalizer or a vortex brewer, and then feeding that to your plants or ferments. You know, I do this a lot when I make fermented foods. Um, I'll take, I'll vortex these minerals in the vitalizer, and then I will feed that to the ferments. Um, or actually, I've put I to do that. I've been making kombucha, and I forgot to do that. Yeah, and you can also put... Um, you can get the sheet magnets. You can buy sheet magnets, and you can wrap your fermentation vessel inside of a weak magnetic field, and that will create high levels of uh, monoatomics that are safe. And you can eat that stuff all day long, and it'll open up your pineal gland, and it'll make you more empathic, more intuitive, more aware, more I compassionate. Know. Some of us are like, I, we, we need to turn it off. <laughs> I know. I know. I know. Yeah. Uh, it's, yeah I drive anyway. Yeah, that's it. But when you're doing it naturally, you'll 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 evolve into it naturally, and you won't have you know negative side effects with it. 
It's like the universe ah. never brings you anything before you're, you know, you're ready for it. But you go playing around with stuff, the universe is going to smack you upside the head if you do it wrong, you know. So, uh, <laughs> so, so you're saying like so everything that you sell on your site is safe because it's done in a natural way. It's not forcing anything, so people can. Um, and I'm looking, you know, at the ormus that you have. It looks like one is for ingestion for humans, and the other one is more concentrated, and that's more for plants. Right. And, and yeah, the Vancouver Island ormus is alchemical, and I, you know, make it very clear uh, on the website and in other places that you don't want to overdo it. You know, you take the recommended amount, which is like at most two tablespoons a day, and that's it. Because you could definitely, if you went guzzling that stuff, you could definitely have problems. Um, but it's like it's much better to take it, uh, and I don't even ingest it anymore. I just feed it to my plants and my ferments. I get it that way. But uh, yeah, and then we sell. There's a lot of the new. There's a new paradigm with supplements now, where a lot of the cutting edge people are, know about this stuff. They know about monoatomics. They know about skater energy, and so there there are certain companies that are coming out with skater energized supplements that will hold frequency and radiate frequencies that will heal you or have specific effects like neutralize radioactivity in the body. And so a lot of the supplements that we carry on our website, they are skater energized and they will emit skater frequencies that will do specific things. Some of them we can't talk about. Uh, for example, like the CellCore line of supplements, a lot of those have monoatomics in them and a lot of them have been skater energized program with skater frequencies but they don't mention it at all and we can't therefore um, because they don't want any problems with the FDA um, but because I know what I know I seek this stuff out and I find this stuff uh, ideally for the you know most reasonable price and and focus on that and then put together a package of solutions for people depending on what they need to heal or improve if they're just looking to improve their health. And so that's what I'm working on right now. We're, we're getting ready to launch new detox and healing programs in my private membership site very soon. Right. Yeah, that's kind of exciting. And I realize, you know, they, they can't put that on their site, uh, <laughs> understandably. Um, but, it, you know, a lot of people are looking for uh, and and that are, you know, really used to or very open to taking high vibrational supplements and there's a, there's a big but you know people that are very very used to taking pills maybe not maybe not the, the good stuff maybe you know pharmaceuticals but they're used to taking you know pills and supplements and things like that so right. why not go with something that's going to have the monotomics and the frequencies uh then just you know um because there's a lot of competing you know companies etc but I would think that if you use it, it would work much faster, much easier, um, and uh, it's it's kind of exciting. And, and people that are already used to taking you know pills, if you will, if they have a formula, which it looks like that's what it's going to be like. Like you're going to have like you know month one, you're going to do this, this, this. Month two, you know, some sort of thing to easily follow to do that detoxification. I, I think that's going to be really, really beneficial. So we're yeah. excited that you're launching that soon. Yeah, we've got these um, detox kits that actually we have five kits that you detox over a period of 10 months. And the reason it, it takes 10 months is because you do it gradually so that you can work and do other things. So you don't have Herxheimer reactions. You know, you don't have pain right. reactions. You're not tired. You're not bad for five not days. Not crabby. Yeah. yeah. 
As a matter of fact, you're energized. This is the cool thing. Cellcor has some brilliant, brilliant supplements. They're, I met their scientists, and they know all about Ormus and Skater Energy. But they've got a couple of formulas. Uh, like they got one called Hydroxygen and another one called MitoATP, and it delivers oxygen to the, to the uh, mitochondria of the cells, and therefore you have energy. So you, don't, you can be detoxing, like mad detoxing, and you don't feel bad because you're – Cells are getting oxygen, and therefore you have energy, and you feel good. So it's amazing. There's a, it's a whole new paradigm in, in detox, and I absolutely love it because I mean that that was always the hard you, thing for me to do a bit. Right? Clean. You did that ten months yourself? Yeah, I'm still so doing it. I mean, I'm okay. <laughs> I'm still doing it because you know I got. We can talk about this a little bit later, but uh, I got hit with an energy weapon last July and nearly got killed, and so I, it took me five months really to get healed up from it. So I've been doing pretty heavily. But, I, you know, one thing, I, I don't know, if, can we talk about your 3R formula? Are we yeah, yeah, to... I was going to ask you more about okay. some of the products on your site. But, yeah, definitely, I mean, you said you were going to, um, so just for folks, <laughs> uh, what we're talking about right now is, uh, you know, the Ascension 3. Um, I have a jewelry store that's open, like, one week out of the month. And, and this week happens to be the week we're open, Ascension3.net. And so one of the formulas that I have um, you know, again, we have to not say the details except that, you know, it's just energy-infused drops uh, that have positive energy infused to help you energetically detox and support your system energetically. So that we kind of have to be really vague about it. Um, but anyway, and it's, uh, yeah, so, yeah, you just, uh, I, I sent some to Kent, so Kent's going to give us some yes. feedback here. <laughs> well, I'm going to give you a testimony because... Oh, you know, awesome. I'm. You have to understand. First of all, I'm surrounded my by my devices. My skater devices are all around. I've got them all around my house. I got my home shield outdoors, which is covering the whole yard, and then some. You know, and you've seen the way we live, the way we eat. We're always eating home. So, I'm not a good guinea pig to test out supplements on because I don't. I'm already feeling so good that I don't notice it unless it's really something different, right? So you sent me that formula and um, the 3R formula and the, the wristband, which, by the way, is pretty funny because I didn't notice there were two different size bands, and I put the one on for my wife, and I was like, this is kind of tight. <laughs> and then she's like, no, dummy, there's a bigger one. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, so I took 10 drops in a glass of water, slugged it down, put the, the little bracelet on, and I thought, Okay, and I went about my business not thinking much about it, but it's like that within an hour I just started feeling really, really good. And I felt really, really good all day long. And I mean, I feel good, you know, normally, but I felt really good. And I was like, I was intentionally, I didn't do any supplements or anything that day to see what would happen. And so, um, so I did it the next day and the next day and the same thing. It's like before I took it, I felt one way, and then when I took it, I felt much better. I mean, like I said, I already feel good. And then, so then I, you know, told my wife, I was like, oh, you got to take this stuff. And the same thing with her. She's like, wow, this stuff actually works. You know, we're not used to, we're not used to stuff having that much of an impact unless it's really good stuff. So I'm definitely going to be carrying your stuff when it, when it's available. So there's a little testimonial for it. But um, I call it the reading, writing, arithmetic formula. <laughs> It's just the three R's. <clears throat> oh, funny. But, yeah, this is the new paradigm. It's frequency. It's energy. Um, particularly 
scalar energy, which is an unfortunate term, uh, but it's what military scientists call it, and so um, that's what I wound up years ago, you know, getting on that that vocabulary. But it's been called many, many other things: chi, prana, life force, you know, mitogenic rays. Some people call it uh, quantum energies, or yeah, like zero that. point energy, um, yeah. Yeah. orgone. You know, all of these different names for these subtle energies, they're basically various forms of skater waves and skater fields. It's just light. It's superluminal light. Um, so so anyway, um, I don't know if I answered the lady's question about, you know, how to keep the Ormus safe, but that, that's, I think I did. Um, yeah, that's, that's really helpful. Um, now, you have um, this thing on your website called S. CD Pro Bio Balance Original Probiotic and EM Mother mm-hmm. Culture Concentrate. Is that supposed to be used with the Vancouver Ormus for the plants, or is that something separate? You can, yeah. That probiotic, um, the cool thing about that probiotic, the reason we sell it is because you can make it yourself. And this is something that, um, actually, if your listeners want to get instructions on how to make it themselves, um, if you go to downloads with an S, downloads.freshandalive.com, that'll take you to my uh, private hidden downloads page where I have instructions on how to make your own probiotic. And if you download that PDF, it'll tell you how to brew your own probiotic. So you take the EM, the, uh, the SCD Probio Balance, which is the generic term for it is effective microorganisms. It was developed by a Japanese agriculture professor. And um, so you take a quart of that and you take a quart of organic molasses and five gallons of water and you stir it up and you let it ferment for about three weeks and then you got five gallons of it. So you can basically replicate it. Yeah, you can make mass quantities of it and then you can guzzle the stuff. And the cool thing with it is you can drink it as a probiotic for yourself, for your animals, you can feed it to plants. You can put it on the soil, and it will break the minerals down the soil. They're angstrom and monoatomic, so you get better growth in your plants. You can foliar feed your plants with it, and it will actually keep pests away. Um, you can spray it around your yard or around your house or wherever, and it acts as a natural pesticide because it will. The probiotics will keep uh, pest bugs away. It's really amazing. <clears throat> um, and you can use it as an engine degreaser because the microbes will eat grease and all kinds of stuff. It's crazy what it can do. You can remediate polluted water with it. And so those instructions will tell you all the various things you can do with it and how to make it. Um, so you can take rock powders, and you can put um, rock powders in a brew. And here's you can make your own medicines with it. This is what I really love doing, and this is what I teach people to do. Um, you can take minerals herbs, um, crappy supplements that aren't very bioavailable that you don't want to take. Just take them all and throw them in a bucket with the EM and ferment it down for three or four months. And what you'll get is a massive nutrient-dense medicine that's high enormous. And so I've been teaching this for many years. Um, as a matter of fact, um, if you if you go on... YouTube and you search on Ken Rolla, R-O-H-L-A, Food and Thought, you can find a video that I did years ago at a health food store called Food and Thought, where I talk about growing nutrient-dense food, and I teach about these techniques if people want to know specifics. Um, But um, 
Yeah, with that EM, you can basically, fermentation will break toxins down into non-toxic constituents. And so, for example, it was used in Fukushima. Uh, I've got, actually on the resources page at freshandalive.com, I've got a video of a Japanese farmer in Fukushima City who used it after all of the farms around there were poisoned by the radioactivity from the nuclear disaster. He sprayed EM on the soil and on the plants, and within a few weeks it broke down all the radioactive elements and turned them into non-toxic elements that the plants could feed off of, and he was able to sell his produce with no radioactivity, none. Wow. So this is the power That's of this. Stuff. amazing. Well, and yeah. people are really concerned right now, like, about, um, you know, maybe some, uh, we talked earlier about genetics, but, like, you know, possibly genetic manipulations, that, which they did not know about. Uh, they're concerned about um, electromagnetic damage and toxicity in their bodies. So is this something that can be happen inside human bodies as well, where we can get rid of radiation damage and things like that? Oh, yeah, absolutely. As a matter of fact, uh, we have a supplement on our website called Rad Zero that was proven in testing in Fukushima to neutralize radioactivity in the body. And the way that it does that, and we also have an iodine, skater-energized iodine, the way that they do that is they've got monoatomic elements in them. The, as a matter of fact, the iodine that we sell, it, the whole, all the iodine is monoatomic. And then the Rad Zero is certain monoatomic elements I can't it's proprietary so I can't say what it is but it's got some monoatomic elements in it that have been programmed with the scalar anti-frequencies of all known radioactive elements so you take 12 drops a day of this stuff and it goes into the body and those monoatomics have been programmed with these anti-frequencies and scalar waves because it's what everything's made of all matter is and, and the electromagnetic spectrum of energy is made of scalar waves that slow down and coagulate into matter and the electromagnetic spectrum of energy. So therefore, since everything is made of it, you can use skater waves to alter matter. And it turns out you can neutralize radioactivity with it. And so that's one of the, that's one of the methods that I use for neutralizing radioactivity in the body. I had to do it to myself three times. I got radiation poisoning three times. Um, ingesting food that was radioactive uh, as it turns out it apparently had fallout wow. from Fukushima yeah it was a big spirit trick because you know I'm not going to volunteer for radiation poisoning and this is kind of how things work with me I get thrown in some dire circumstances and I have to figure out how to save myself <laughs> and in the process <laughs> I figured out for other people you. you know so yeah I, I'm yeah. eating this incredibly healthy salad that we mostly grew at our house but we got some of the produce from the health food store, and this was not long after Fukushima happened. And apparently it was probably some California produce that got some hot particles on it. So I ingested it, and immediately, within an hour of eating, you know, I started getting this burning in my guts and stuff. And, it, and uh, it's kind of a long story, but basically um, it took me five days to figure out how to heal myself, and it was... Actually, I didn't have the Rad Zero at the time, so it wasn't even that. It was a combination of uh, nano zeolites. We have this uh, nano zeolite supplement called Advanced TRS. And I had been, we just started, we hadn't even carried it yet. I was testing it, and I had been taking it for about two weeks. And fortunately, the nano zeolites pulled the hot radioactive particles out of my intestines, so it flushed it out pretty quick. But the radiation damage was done, and then I got a quantum biofeedback session with my local practitioner, which is a skater device that can read the body 
and then it can send skater antifrequencies into the body to help heal things. And I found out it can neutralize radioactivity. And so after three hours with that machine, all the radiation was cleaned up and gone, and I was right as rain. And so I got all excited, and it just so happened I was talking uh, that day to Dr. Gabriel Cousins, who's a medical doctor who, like I say, used to run the Tree of Life Rejuvenation Center. And I said, oh, you won't believe it. I got this, I got this method for neutralizing radioactivity in the body, quantum biofeedback. And he said, well, actually, we have a supplement that will do it. And that's when he told me about the Rad Zero. And so we started carrying it. So, yeah, we always, we'll always have solutions for these things because consciousness creates reality. And it's not a, it's not a metaphor. It, it literally, you know, we create our reality because consciousness is a form of skater energy. And because skater energy has polarity, the polarities of consciousness that create these problems that we have on Earth, there are always simultaneously brilliant people or whatever creating solutions for it. And you and I know people like that, you know. It's like uh, like David Schmidt, for example, absolute genius, right? He's always coming up with new, interesting solutions for things. And uh, I know lots of people like that, <clears throat> including yourself. You know, we figure things out, we come up with these solutions, but it's because consciousness is a form of skater energy. It has polarity. So if you understand that fundamental thing, then instead of getting worried or in fear or in victimhood, uh, if there's a problem that looks insurmountable, just start looking around, maybe do some searching online, talk to people, and look for a solution, and eventually you'll find it, you know. You will find it. Yeah, I believe that so wholeheartedly, like some of the craziest things that we hear about. And, uh, I, that, you know, even some of the, you know, uh, negative entity stuff that has come up, uh, sneaky, sneaky, sneaky stuff. Uh, and I realized that some of these uh, things that were happening that I could catch or figure out, uh, I was trying to figure out a solution for someone or some people um, or myself, and realizing that, wait a second, this is actually training me to problem solve, <laughs> you know, at a yeah. very, very high level and yeah. to evolve and to evolve the whole human species because as you evolve, I evolve, you know, other people evolve, we evolve the whole human species. And I'm like, oh, that's why this is happening. And it's not a bad thing. I mean, it might seem bad at the moment, but it really isn't. There's, I feel there's always a solution. Yeah, there really is. I mean, I've seen it over and over again, um, and – it's like when I'm in the middle of something that's unpleasant, which, you know, really doesn't happen a lot. But, um, you know, last July, it was like, it seemed like the universe opened up a floodgate of just bad stuff happening. Of all kinds of horrible things were happening. <clears throat> and I'm thinking like, man, have I lost my touch and my ability to create my reality? And um, but now looking back on it, I realize, no, it was a whole bunch of hard lessons that I had to learn in order to help people, you know. Um, and so when, when, you're, when you're in service to others, the universe will help you with that, but it also, sometimes it's not easy. You know, it's like right. you learn lessons. Like a higher that, responsibility. I call it a responsibility level, if you will. So at the highest responsibility level, sometimes the simplistic way of going, well, you co-created your reality, so why did you bring that bad thing onto? You know, this kind of blaming thing, energy, yeah. it doesn't really work. Uh, some people do have uh, certain levels of responsibilities, which 
means that they may have to experience certain things in order to yeah. create a solution for the whole. That's my take on it anyway. Yeah, I, I agree. I totally agree because, you know, I've been teaching about bioweapons for 16 years and back 16 years ago. Everybody thought I was nuts. It's like nobody – I mean, I – I've known, you know, bioweapons have been around since the early 1900s, really as long as people have been around. But but modern warfare, you know, I mean, it started really in World War One, but it, it's been in the last, I mean, it's really been since the 60s when you started seeing all these diseases, these mystery diseases like Legionnaire's disease and bird flu and West Nile and this and that and the other. That was all biowarfare. And so I've because of the work that I did with advanced technology, I was bumping into people that worked with this stuff. I had a friend who was in an Army, a U.S. Army nuclear biological chemical unit who shared all kinds of information with me. And so I realized years ago that, you know, they're using bioweapons bio on us already. You know, all of, these, all of these outbreaks that you heard in the news, like Ebola and SARS and bird flu and this and that, West Nile, that was all practice for covid and so, um, you know, you don't just you don't just spring this stuff willy nilly. This stuff is all planned well in advance. But um, at any rate, because of the kind of work that I've done with advanced technology, I meet people in the military and intelligence agencies and high government officials in different places and all kinds of stuff, and they share information with me. So my worldview is very very different than most people. And right. uh, so I saw that bioweapons, you know, we were going to need solutions for them 16 years ago is when I started teaching about this stuff and developed solutions for it. And nobody much paid attention to it because, you know, it's like nobody thought they were being affected, even though a lot of people were. They just didn't correlate it. But now, you know, with COVID being announced, now a lot of people care about it. And we've got solutions for it. But, yeah, it's no fun. Uh Getting hit with these yeah. things, getting hit with energy weapons, oh. you know. I mean, oh my had, gosh, yeah, that sounds intense. Uh, what you went through, and uh, that was yeah, hopefully, it'll never happen again. And uh, you definitely have <laughs> that's my intention. Of course, of course, you know, if, if anything you were suspecting anything, you just call me up, okay? We're friends. Yeah, so you just call me up, and I do my thing behind the scenes and 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 see what well, happens. That, but, and that's uh, actually what happens, Karen. Every time that something like this happens where I'm in dire straits, I've got a cadre of friends like you and others who are very powerful manifestors who help me get through it. It's not just using some whiz-bang technology or supplements or whatever. It's everything, you know. And I meet people. I meet angels of all types all over the place. You know, I was in the Bosnian pyramids a few years ago, um, and I was in there meditating, and it was like Grand Central Station for all these non-physical entities that were helping people heal and so i go in there after a 24-hour flight and i'm wiped out and i lay down and start meditating and all these little entities come in and start teeing like little fairies and all kinds of crazy stuff and uh and they're helping me heal and other times it's you know a person does something that helps me i was at a i was doing a public talk one time and I had I got really bad food poisoning, and I was still getting over it. And I was starting to have a relapse, and I'm on the road on this speaking tour. I was like, oh, man, I can't afford to get sick. And this guy shows up at my talk with this fermented brew that he made with 23 of the hottest peppers in the world. And it turns out this guy, he was actually the janitor at this health food store, but he had a Ph.D. in mycology, which is the study of mushrooms and fungus. <laughs> brilliant guy and he knew all about fermentation and he had figured out a way to take the chemistry of the hottest peppers and ferment them 
with aloe to take away the heat but leave the chemistry that was healing. And so he said, huh. I told him I got food poisoning. He gave me this bottle of stuff, and I would take a slug on it every day, and it would just get rid of all the food poisoning symptoms, and I was able to wow. continue on. So I've had that happen over and over again, and that's, you know, when you when you live in alignment with the way we're meant to live, then you get all these synchronicities like that to happen. Oh, I love it. And and for folks that have called in, I can see, you know, that uh, some folks have called in if you want to ask kind of questions specific to what's going on in your life, um, some other questions, general questions, you know, don't be shy. Go ahead and uh, raise your hand. So for those of you that are uh, listening online that want to call in, it's 818-514-1190. And just hit 1 so we know your hand is up. Again, 818-514-1190. And hit 1. So, Ken, one of the things that people have been asking me over and over again, of course, we have to be careful where we say, ask these questions, you know, because, mm-hmm. like, you can't ask questions anymore on social media. Anyway, um, so, you know, they're asking me about, um, you know, they're, uh, you know, got sick. Uh, they don't know whether it was from, you know, a jab or not from a jab, but they're feeling short of breath. They're feeling, you know, really, really tired, coughing, that kind of thing, and it seems to be affecting people that are jabbed and not jabbed equally. Um, they are concerned about energy weapons, you know, things like that. Like, do you, are you aware of, first of all, you know, from your contacts or intel, is there something going down? Like, is it being sprayed in the air? Is it in the test, you know, the, 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 the big C test kits, you know, that they're giving away free from, you know, USPS? Is it, like, part of the free masks? Like, 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 what is going on? Because people are being affected. Yeah, there is, there's a lot of different vectors. Basically, what you have to understand is that there is a, and has been for decades, but it's reached a kind of a fever pitch now. There's been a program to reduce the population of Earth. And so that's really what this pandemic and, and the vac- so-called vaccines, the injections, as I call them, they're not vaccines. They don't fit the legal definition of a vaccine. But all of this is a population reduction program, and some people may find that hard to believe, but um, I've got the evidence uh, to, to show it. And uh, I've got it posted in my private membership site, and I'm getting ready to post a whole ton more. But there, there are lots and lots of people that work in the drug companies, that work you know, um, uh, in these medical agencies and brilliant virologists and doctors around the world exposing what's going on. It's not a secret. It just depends on who you're believing and listening to. Um, but, yes, um, I rely on facts, so I test people. You know, I don't, I don't re- rely on reading stuff on the Internet and conspiracy theories. I test people and see what's going on in their body. So if people are feeling bad for whatever reason, you need to get diagnostics to find out exactly what's going on. And I can tell you I worked in a conventional medical lab uh, years ago, and conventional medical tests can only tell you certain things. And so what I usually start with is screening with quantum biofeedback because quantum biofeedback in the hands of a good practitioner can give you amazing information about what is going on. It can detect if you're being exposed to EMF, for example, or um, nanotech or uh, viruses or bacteria or parasites, whether they're genetically modified or not. Um, it can tell if you've been hit with an energy weapon, for example. When I got hit with an energy weapon, I mean, it was obvious to me because I've had it happen before, but I got a quantum biofeedback session, which confirmed uh, that. But 
Quantum biofeedback is a very, very sophisticated combination of computer hardware and software that has a scalar energy interface. And basically you get straps hooked up to your wrists, your ankles, and your forehead, and it can read you uh, at the subatomic level and see what's going on. And then it can analyze it, tell you what's going on, and then it can send counter frequencies back into the body to help counteract it. And... Um, Practitioners so cannot, that's much more sophisticated, right, than what people are selling right now, like the Healy and, uh, you know. Well, the Healy is very similar. And, to, yeah, uh, the Healy is a form of that, but I'm very leery. I bought a Healy. I shelled out 2500 bucks for the Healy, and then when I found out, it's like, they, for those people listening that don't know what the Healy is, it's a little scalar device that you use in combination with a software on a cell phone. And it has a wireless connection to the cell phone, and you basically use you, you hook this thing up to you, and it will read the body and figure out what's going on. And using the software on the cell phone, and then it will program this little interface to send skater signals into you to help heal it. The problem I have with that device, after I bought it, I, I realized that uh, your data is being sent over Bluetooth to your cell phone, and then it's being stored and analyzed on the cell phone, and your cell phone is, you know, it's a cell phone. It can be easily, easily hacked, not to mention that, you know, certainly government agencies and, you know, the makers of the phones can access the stuff in there. Uh, and so I don't want my biometric data being on a cell phone because, or the Internet because in the cloud because then anybody, particularly with nefarious purposes, could access that and harm you or kill you. Um, so they can the harm Healy somebody is, if they know their biometric data? Oh, absolutely, especially scalar. Oh, yeah, because, for example, um, the one of the machines that I use, that my, I have a local practitioner, is called a QXCI Skio. And that device, it's a scalar device, and once you've been hooked up to the machine and it reads your energetic pattern, you, it can send energy to you anywhere in the cosmos. So, for example, I was in India, and I got food poisoning really, really bad. I was supposed to speak in front of 15,000 people, and there was no way that was going to happen. I was laid up in bed puking. And I called, actually my wife called up my practitioner and said, zap me every day for the next five days. So she zapped me every day for five days. I took a bunch of supplements and stuff, and by the time I had to get up on stage, I was fine. That would have never happened had I not had that device. But it's, it's in physics terms, it's what they call non-local, meaning that skater waves, because they're multidimensional, they don't propel themselves through space. Right. It's like we're surrounded by this ocean of energy, and the device, let's say it pushes here, and it pops out somewhere else in space and time. So it, it has the ability to do that. So, yeah, so once somebody's got your skater energetic signature, they could manipulate you, they could heal you, or they could hurt you, or they could kill you, no matter where you are in the cosmos. You could be on Mars, and because oh, skater waves are local, okay, okay. they can zap you. And that's exactly what I think 5G, the path with 5G is about. I think that 5G is about migrating people. I mean, this is already happening in China. You migrate people from cell phones, to wearable devices like, you know, watches and stuff, to implantable chips. And once you've got the chips in people, then you can collect their biometric data, their skater energetic signature. And once you've got that skater energetic signature, knowing that living organisms are skater fractal antennas, then you no longer need 
any of those devices to track or control the person. So you wouldn't need a phone, you wouldn't need a chip or anything. So if if uh, you know if the government could do it, they could scan everybody, get their skater energetic signature, put it into a database, and then if they want to get rid of somebody or shut somebody up, they just hit them with an energy weapon, target them very specifically. I mean, that's what happened to me. You know, I almost died last July from that. And yet um, you're still talking. <laughs> yeah, only because, honestly, because I knew what to do and I had the, all of the things in place to protect myself and to heal myself. And well, even then, you try I was... three times and it doesn't work, then they know you're divinely protected, right? That's right. I, I actually had an assassin tell me that. I met through crazy serendipitous <laughs> you know, events. We have a couple of hands up, but anyway, go ahead. <laughs> I met an assassin who said, he said that, believe it or not, he said there are professional societies of assassins. He said there's two kinds of assassins. There's white hats and dark hats. Dark hats will kill anybody for money. The white hats will only do it for who their government says to. And But he said, yeah, if they try to kill somebody two or three times and it doesn't happen, they leave them alone because they know they've got divine protection. That shocked me that an assassin would say that. Yeah. Uh, and that's also true. very, um, you know, comforting as well. Cause, yeah. Uh, you know, I mean, I just find that uh, it's annoying and comforting at the same time is that I find that the people that I know, especially my friends and close family members, that I know that they are more protected, if you will, from whatever's going on, nefarious things, just because they're in my field and my thoughts, um, yes. and because I do my work, and uh, we call that I call that uh, a light radius effect, which is a positive effect. So at the same time that's happening, you know, my dad's like, "Well, I got my booster. I'm just fine. Told you so." You know, <laughs> yeah. it's like, "Yes, Dad, good for you." Yeah. You know, like, <laughs> yeah. Uh, those kind of things. Anyway, so we'll we'll get to some questions. I know we're 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 getting on wow, past an hour and a half. I, I just it just felt like forty five minutes, but wow. So these <laughs> guys are uh, you know, really into this. So um yeah, so a couple of hands just went up, so I'm just gonna unmute area code eight six three. Hi, just your first name. Who's this? Hi, yes, this is Susan. And uh first I'd like to just mention thank you so very much for, for coming and speaking and sharing your information with us. I feel like we are totally blessed to be able to listen and absorb this information. Oh, my pleasure, Susan. And um, since you offered for us to call in with issues that we have, I want to know if you could please uh, make suggestions for healing. I, I have an ongoing eyesight problem that I'm being treated for from damage that I've done to myself and my eyes, and my my vision is, like, greatly decreased and fuzzy, and my, my op Ophthalmologist has told me that my stem cells are not functioning. They're not doing what they need to be doing. My eyes are not healing, and my corneas are damaged. Is there something that you could recommend that I might do to help myself? Yes, actually, I've had that happen myself, and I had to turn it around. Um, and this is degenerative. This is not like an acute injury to your eye. No, it's an it's a chronic injury that I've done. It's not. Right, a you didn't get your eye poked or anything like that. It was just degeneration over time. No, no, no. I poked myself in my eyes a couple of oh. times, yes, with various things, and my husband stuck his beard in one of my eyes by accident. So it's like Ow. I've got issues. Yes, yes, it was an ouch. But I figured this has happened to me from what you even said. This stuff happens to us for a reason, and I'm right. still trying to figure out how to heal. Okay. All right. So, yeah, even with acute injury like that, there are some things you can do. Um, what part of the country do you live in? 
I live, I'm living in Lakeland, Florida. Oh, no okay. Kidding. Yeah, you're not, not far, far from me. Um, wow. I'm over, I'm over near Daytona. Um, okay, so here's what I would do. First of all, you have to learn about cellular regeneration. You can regenerate okay. cells. And eye tissue tends to be a little slower than other things to regenerate, but you can absolutely regenerate eye tissue. Um, for example, I went to I went to an eye doctor two years ago, and he said, oh, you're getting the beginnings of cataracts. And I knew why, because oh. I was eating a lot of cooked food, which causes okay. calcification, and then that causes the cloudiness and the vitreous humor. So they go, okay, no problem, I'll get rid of it. And he laughed at me like, yeah, right. <laughs> and I did. I went home and I got on 100% raw and living food, massive juicing, and lots and lots of chlorophyll. So with whether it's acute injury or degenerative, number one thing if you want to regenerate cells is get on a 100% living foods diet. Now, that's not something you can do overnight because you, it, it takes education and learning. But since you're in Florida, I would, I'll tell you a few things you can do to accelerate that. Number one, I would go down to West Palm Beach, Florida, and visit Hippocrates Health Institute. They have... Uh, they have an open house, I think, every week, and maybe once a month the director is there at one of them. Uh, so if you can go when the director, Brian Clement, is is presenting, he's phenomenal. But right. that will give you a glimpse into a whole other reality that most people don't know about of living foods lifestyle. And that's a, a healing center where they put people on these three-week programs on 100% raw and living food, high in chlorophyll, proper food combinations, et cetera, et cetera. So that's, that will be educational and inspirational. Then, oh, yes. Yeah. <laughs> um, I mean, really, I used to take groups of people down there and never failed. You know, they'd come back, it would change their lives just seeing the place. Um, so that's one thing. And then to learn about living foods lifestyle, um, there's several books. Number one, uh, Conscious Eating by Dr. Gabriel Cousins, and that's C-O-U-S-E-N-S. He's a medical right. doctor. Uh, conscious Eating, Rainbow Green Live Food Cuisine, same, okay. same author, Gabriel Cousins. Um, Heal Yourself 101 by Marcus Rothkranz. And okay. uh, his, I think his website is Marcus with a K, M-A-R-K-U-S products.com. It's actually a free book. It's a free PDF you can download. And then... Um, you can go to Amazon and get the Detox Miracle Source Book by Dr. Robert Morse. And that really, the title is a misnomer because it's really about cellular regeneration and detoxification. And what was the um, name of the book again, please? The Detox Miracle Source Book. Thank you. Okay. So those books will get you started on this whole other way of living and detoxification and cellular regeneration. Then some other specific things you can do, daily juicing, um, because what you want to do is alkalize the body. That will accelerate cellular degeneration. So live food, chlorophyll, juice. And then another thing you can do, if your eye isn't too sensitive, um, get some distilled water and you can grow or buy some wheatgrass. Okay. It's got to be fresh, fresh wheatgrass, not frozen. Um, it's way, way cheaper to grow it, and I've got videos on how to do that. And actually, there's plenty of people on YouTube showing how to grow wheatgrass. 
but grow wheatgrass or um, buy some. Um, I think GotSprouts.com, you can buy it in southern southern Florida. They they sell it. Um, oh. Or you can go to Whole Foods and places like that and get it. Start juicing wheatgrass and juice wheatgrass shots and drink two to four ounces a day, ideally on an empty stomach. Okay. Um, and then also get an eye cup, which you can get from a drugstore, you know, like a glass eye cup, and you can mix, start out with 25% wheatgrass juice, 75% water, and put it in the eye cup and, and put it over your eye. Oh, and wow. do that every day. And it may sting, but, um, you know, if you can bear it, start out with 25%. And work your way up to 50% wheatgrass juice, 50% water, and do it in an eye cup every day. And that will really help uh, heal up the eye. And then there's also, there are herbal drops you can get, like Eye Bright and stuff like that, that are also specifically for the eyes. Um, uh, Herbsoflight.com is one company that I use. Um, and then also... Uh, Dr. Robert Morse's website, I don't remember his the URL, but if you search on Dr. Robert Morse, M-O-R-S-E, herbs, you can find his website, and he sells some formulas for the eyes. Oh, great. Yeah. Great. So that, there's, there's more you can do, but that will get you started. Oh, wow. Oh, yeah, that's, I'm, that's a ton. Thrilled. <laughs> Thank yeah, you. I am great. just overwhelmed. I, I very much appreciate you. And what you're doing. Thank you. Oh, thank you. You're very right. welcome. And, and Susan, can you are you are you one of the folks that actually uses David Schmidt's uh, stem cell enhancing patch as well already? Because these would I be really X49 complimentary. And X49. Perfect. Yes. Perfect. Oh, yeah. Great. Good. I'm a- good on you. Awesome. Okay. So oh, we have to also, go to our next caller uh, if here. You're in Lakeland. Yeah. Uh, uh, I'll tell you what. Uh, go to freshlive.com and email me, and I'll see if I can find you a quantum biofeedback practitioner somewhere within driving distance. Oh, wow. Because that would really help. That would really help. Wow. Accelerate. Yes. Thank you, sir. I, boy, I love you. Right. Thank you. <laughs> You're welcome. I love Ken, too. <laughs> Thanks, Susan. All right. I'm going to just unmute our next caller here, 970. Okay. Hi. Who's this? Hi, it's Nanigan. That's my word. Hey, Nan. Nanigan. Hi. <laughs> Not I have so many questions. Nanigan. I, I, <laughs> that's one word. I regret that I missed the first part of your talks. Your talk here, and I just jumped in about I don't know 15 minutes ago, and I said I'm oh, I'm bowled over. Ken, wow, magic man, magic Karen, wow. Um, I have a question about scalar. My cat was. Uh, had bladder cancer. The vet uh, said she, she he was treating her for cystitis for a year. It turns out she had cancer. He was he was not a good vet. And and, and so I cooked up with somebody in um, Washington State who did scalar long distance on people with cancer and such. And so sent her a clip, fed extra a clip of hair, and she started working on my cat. My cat was dragging around the house. My cat had had a stroke from some other thing that I did on her that the person said was healing. And and so she stroked out. She couldn't walk. She was an amazing cat. And so she was dragging around the house with the scalar energy. And my then healer said, no, no, keep it up. She's dragging around the house, not walking, just dragging. Um, 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 and, and, 
as if she were was burning from the inside out. Do you have an idea about what was? And she put her head under the faucet. She got herself into the bathtub, amazingly, and put her head under the faucet that was dripping when I found her. It didn't drip before, and it didn't drip afterwards. Somehow she got some on something, or she willed it to drip on her head to cool her off. So what's wow. yeah. happening to my cat, do you think? Yes, I can tell you probably what's happening to your cat. Um, believe it or not, uh, cat litter, believe it or not, is radioactive. Most cat litter, like the commercial stuff you get in the regular grocery stores, most of it is radioactive. Uh, why? <laughs> Unbelievably. Oh. What's it made of? It's made of clay. Um, yeah. So... When when certain industrial processes have radioactive waste, they have to do something with the radioactive waste. And it's not always buried in radioactive dumps. They actually right. will encase it in clay a lot of times or other things to try and dilute it. Yeah. And they will reduce the concentration of radioactivity to the point where they will claim that it's safe and then sell it as a product. So that's what kitty litter is. Mm. I found this out because a friend of mine who lives up in Canada uh, was crossing the border and all these alarms started going off and they pulled her car over to the side and they said, you've got high levels of radioactivity in your car. And she's like, what? And then um, they said, do you have kitty litter in your car? And she's like, oh, yeah, I've got bags of it in the trunk in case I get stuck in the snow. Oh, my God. And they were like, oh, okay, go on. They knew what it was. They knew it. Oh, um. This is why there's such high rates of feline cancer, kitty litter, radioactive kitty litter. So what I would do, of course, is get rid of the kitty litter. You can get natural kitty litters that are not radioactive, but, um, you know, I would get a Geiger counter if you got to do it. Uh, and um, and then get the, uh, the Rad Zero supplement that we have on our website at freshandalive.com, and that mm-hmm. will help. That's all I can say is it'll well, help. Well, this this cat this cat died. This cat died. Oh, this okay. is in 22. But I have I currently do have a cat because I have a feline uh, nutritional uh, requirement. So I have a cat. <laughs> uh, um, but I don't know. I have this stuff called Integrity Cat Litter, and you know, um, I if it's from a health store, it's probably okay. But if it's like the big commercial brands, most of those are radioactive. Pet, pet food store, and I'll call them about this. So I don't yeah. know, Geiger counter. Um, yeah. Wow. All right. So, geez. Yeah, uh, I mean, you wouldn't believe what radioactivity like shows up sometimes. I've got a Geiger counter, and I go checking and testing things, and it's surprising. Uh, like, yeah. like on airplanes, well, radioactivity up in airplanes is astronomical now. It's crazy. It's dangerous. Oh, really? Is it because of the solar, solar uh, exposure? It's because of Fukushima and, and um, Chernobyl and stuff like that. that radioactivity has been, and to a certain degree, nuclear bombs, although their half-life is pretty short, but it's, it's mainly for all these radioactive leaks that we've had around the planet. It gets up in the atmosphere, and it just circulates around for years and years and years. Oh, my gosh. And I'm, I'm on wow. the West Coast, so we're dosed, we're dosed with Fukushima here. Yeah, that's why they, if, if you bring a radio, if you bring a Geiger counter onto an airplane and you let the if the staff see it, they'll take it from you. They've been instructed not <laughs> to let them on. Are you serious? I'm serious. Yeah, but you can see videos on on YouTube of people with, with Geiger counters on airplanes measuring it. 
they're doing it very <laughs> surreptitiously. <laughs> they'll take it from. You. Oh yeah. my gosh, that is so not. May I ask, may I ask <laughs> another question? Yes. Yeah. Um, uh, I did wheatgrass. I was living in Manhattan at the time, and I went up to uh, had my first wheatgrass, and I I did the whole little cup, and I felt. I think I did the whole cup. I don't know, but I felt like I was. I was falling through the floor. I went into. Sh- I just, I felt literally like I was falling through the floor. What do you think happened? It was a shock <laughs> to my system. Well, yeah, it's um, it's super concentrated light is what's in there. Chlorophyll. It's oh. very very high in chlorophyll. And photosynthesis is this multidimensional process. So there's it's putting out a lot of energy. It's putting out a lot of photonic energy. So if you get too much, if your frequency is not high enough, and you and you get a lot of it in you, you can have cleanse reactions, and it can make you feel bad. Uh, it won't hurt you, but it, it'll make you feel bad. So that's classic. I mean, down at Hippocrates Health Institute, that's the cornerstone of their program. And my wife was down there one time doing their three-week three week program, and she overdid the wheatgrass because I was guzzling eight ounces a day. I mean, I was chugging the stuff. And and so she tried I would to, have diarrhea, I think, if I tried that. Oh, yeah. <laughs> You've got to work your way up to that. And so she she tried too much, and it wiped her out, and she she felt like she was going to die. And she uh, yeah went, I, yeah. So you got to you got to cold. Yeah, yeah it, and that's another thing cold. too. Yeah, talking about the hot and cold, um, that has to do with energetic balance, and it also has to do with acid base balance. So yeah, you very much doing like a raw food, living foods program. It can be too cooling for certain body types. So. That's one of the things I like about Gabriel Cousins, and particularly his book, Conscious Eating, is he takes into consideration with living food different doshas or body types and balancing the hot and cold. Um, so you definitely need to be aware of that. Yeah, I'm very Vada. I was Pitta Vada before. I'm very, very Vada now, and I'm, oh, I'm yeah. a little old lady. But, I don't, but if somebody sees me who can see energy from afar, they say that I, my healer just, I was told by Don Clark, that I had the energy about six years ago. I had, you know, she looked at me long distance from uh, Texas, saying that I had the energy of a 28-year-old. I looked like I was 28, and I just asked my healer a week ago, who's in Arizona. I said, "What do I look like?" She said, "30 years old." That's my wow. energy, but my body sure as hell doesn't look like that. <laughs> <laughs> and I know that I can. I know that I can revive it. I have a lot of energy. Well, absolutely. And, and I, don't, I don't think it's cortisol. <laughs> no, Entirely. no. I mean, you know, there's so, we have so many tools now. Food always has to be the foundation. You know, it's got to be the foundation yeah. and living food um, because it's what we're designed to eat. I mean, if you think about it, what organism on earth besides humans eats cooked food you know, other than the domesticated animals that right. we feed it to? And therefore, we have, right. we have all these fundamental problems that arise from that. And so... It's it's learning a lifestyle. It's like, you know, my wife is Chinese. If if I wanted to become Chinese, it's not going to happen. You know, if I want to move to China and, and adopt that lifestyle, it's not going to happen in a day or two. It's going to take time for me to learn their ways. And it's the same thing with the Living Foods lifestyle. It's something that you adopt and learn how to do, but it's very uplifting. It's a spiritual, very much a spiritual path as well. And so, uh, you know, but... Definitely, I've met plenty of people who will overdo it and, you know, get cleanse reactions and stuff. And so this is why I'm coming out with these new detox programs and things to minimize that so people don't feel crappy. Good. Well, 
Yeah, I guess uh, well, I was living in Manhattan eating sugar, I think. So that probably <laughs> yeah. isn't what good. Yeah, Manhattan <laughs> so, is such a stressor. Yeah. Yeah, it was back <laughs> decades ago. I left there in 1990, so before all the crap happened, before they, they did the uh, negative spiritual acupuncture of 9-11, which is what I deem it to be. And I thought they were going to put a needle, uh, you know, do the same thing in San Francisco so they could bracket the United States, but they didn't do it. Yeah. They just did Manhattan. Well, they've got all kinds of energetic technologies now, and they're messing with the meridians of the Earth itself. Yep. Yeah, yeah. So um, another question, I, what you said to the prior caller, I have cataracts, and also I had an ET attack, and I have, I'm getting chills every night, and I think it's from, um, 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 what do you call it, uh, Ascension. I've I've been cold hands and feet. I can't get warm. Two comforters. I can't get warm. Well, it could Even be it's thyroid. It could be a lot of things. Um, well, it's gone right now. I mean, it comes. It's, it's, right. You have uh, a lot of non typical of a gland regulation. issue. Yeah. <laughs> it's very typical of a gland issue. Not diagnosis. Is a description. Yeah. It could yeah. be all kinds of things, though. I mean, that's the thing I like about the quantum biofeedback machines like the Skio and the latest version of that is called the QX. It can tell if you've got an entity attachment. It can tell if there's a ghost room. It can tell if you're possessed. It can tell, you know, if you've got mineral deficiencies or toxins. I mean, it's crazy what it can see. Well, how can I find out somebody nearby me? And I hope they're not $1,000 for a session because I can't do it. No, no, it varies, but it's usually a couple hundred bucks for a two-, three-hour session. Um, where, Where do you live? I'm in the Santa Cruz Mountains, uh, in between Santa Cruz and San Francisco. Oh, you got California out there. Uh, actually, if you go to my website, freshandalive.com, and go to the services page there, there are two practitioners. One of them is in the Los Angeles area, and I think we got another one in California, but there's plenty of them in California. Um, okay. Yeah, so, and also on that page, there's a lady named Gage Tarrant listed there, and there are some lists of practitioners in her listing. There's some links to lists of practitioners. You can click those and find uh, some practitioners. Or you can contact Gage herself and ask her because she is one of the top quantum biofeedback trainers in the world, and she knows where good practitioners are. But California, there's tons of them. Cool, cool. So for me to get rid of my cataracts, I I, I got a, a thing on my... I had this ET attack, and they infected my whole right side of my head, including my eye. And I, after eight months, I still have an eye infection. I put tea tree oil on my lid, and I knew I was playing with fire. Um, but it got into my eye. Because my eyelid itched, it was a crazy itch. I mean, these buggers. Uh, and I still have these guys in my head. So that's why I, I can get rid of my ETs in my head. It feels like I have a chunk of lead in my head. And I can't well, walk. the I can't, quantum biofeedback devices can they can drive off entities. That's a very common thing that they do. Well, and um, these are ETs that my my healer can't get rid of either. Well, so. try see what the see what quantum biofeedback can do because they're all it's vibrational. Yeah. You know, they the reason they hang out is because they feed off of putting you into fear or whatever or pain. They feed off of that frequency, um, unless there's some other agenda going on, but. Um, and oh, and also on that uh, on that same page, that services page, there's a lady named Laura Van Tyne. Get a hold of her. She drives away entities of all kinds from people, and she's amazing. 
and I was having a really interesting conversation with her yesterday about the the nanotech and the vaccines. She was saying that it's conscious yeah. and that it, it's um, it's not what people think it is, but uh, she said that it's extraterrestrial in origin, which I had already heard elsewhere as well. But um, at any rate, yeah, Laura Van Tine, quantum biofeedback, and then just from the physical end of things, living food and all the stuff I was saying about the cataracts. Cool. Cool. So I can get over my cataracts then because I have resisted. And I'm right at the border of 2040 and then barely past my DMV driving test. Yeah, it's and then and then this attack happened, and my vision is way down. I can't, you know, I got cloudy cornea, and I got cloudy, you know, the teacher I got in my eye. That's the calcification in the vitreous humor, and when you alkalize the body with live food and juice, and then you know if you're doing eye washes and that kind of stuff, that calcification will dissolve and go away, and not just in the eye, but throughout the body. So if you're getting arthritis or anything like that, it'll go away. Yeah. And I, I like the, I like the, and I, this is, I used to do brilliant metaphors when I had a brain. My, I like my, this will help my brain get my 169 IQ back, right? It'll help oh, yeah. Also, get my metaphors nine, back. Uh, it's, down about a, one, it's down about 130 right now. Yeah, iodine is phenomenal for the brain, and also uh, E3 Live, this blue-green algae we have on our website, that is phenomenal for the brain. I do those every day. Um, yeah, if you start, if your memory and brain function start slipping, you definitely can turn that around. But iodine is a big one, chlorophyll. Well, yeah. you two well, guys, check out, super yeah, check out for the planet. Uh, Thank site you. as well. Lots of great stuff there. Thank you, Nancy. I will. Thank you. Thank you both. Blessings. My pleasure. Blessings. Awesome. Well, wow, we've got done two hours. I think we are um, actually. I don't even. I didn't even realize we we are no longer streaming. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, so people that are streaming just got cut off. So apologize about that, guys. Um, but uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, so Ken, uh, wow, I'm looking forward to our next conversation. Um, you know, scheduled in, and uh, yeah, it, it's just so much learning, so much amazing things, and and I think that the bottom line is just there's always going to be a solution to any problem that's presented to us, and there's lots of great reasons yeah. to feel good and hopeful. It's just uh, being in the know and, and learning and, and being knowledgeable and, and with the stuff that, you know, you, me, Dave, and everybody's uh, doing is just in concert, like sticking together in a community and helping each other out. Absolutely. That's right. Yes. Yeah. yeah, so thank you again, Ken. Uh, check out Ken's site at freshandalive.com. And uh, we look forward to you coming back. And thanks, everyone, for listening in. Until next time, bye for now.